Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you, and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. In these last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. We're doing a, a series uh, on, uh, on dreams and, and on visions. And you know, we're just talking about the dreams you have at nighttime. We're talking about the, the dreams God puts in your heart the dreams God puts in your spirit, the, God, the, the, the words God puts over your life, over your family, over your business, over your health, over your future. Um, yeah, so we passed, actually really felt to do this series. And a few weeks before, I actually preached on this, that God gave Abraham a dream and he gives us a vision. And, and today we wanna continue this and, and just circle around that how, how do we follow our dreams? Because God gives us dreams that know the way to, to where we're going. Um, so I wanna talk to you today about why many people don't realise their dreams. And I've got a few key points here, but I feel like we just needed just to go into a bit more worship today. So I'll just adjust my message. Is that okay? Uh, we just, we need the presence of God more than anything. And you just need moments where you lift your head. And, and so I'll adjust, but I want you to follow along with me. Um, why do many people not realise their dreams? Sometimes I'm gonna say, we've got dreams in our heart that may not be from God. Let's just say that one. It's really important that sometimes when we've gotten a word or, or, or something in our spirit, we've got to examine it. We've actually got to test prophecy, the Bible shows us. We've actually got to be able to take it and say, God, is this something I want? Is this something that's good? Or is this something that's God? That's important. The, the second reason we often don't realise our dreams is because, and this is where I'll probably land today, uh, Often we're in the dream God gave us, but we just don't realise it. So often we're waiting for that dream moment, but my whole message today is the dream is not always dreamy. And sometimes we think the dream is dreamy, but the dream's not always dreamy. And sometimes we're in the very place God promised we would be, but we don't even realise it. And the third one, which I think I just won't get time to get into today, but that's okay, is this simply to say, the journey is not easy. When God's got a dream for you, so often we miss out on the dreams God has for us because the journey just isn't easy. I don't have time to show you all this today, but, uh, but often God will give you, there's a pattern, and I've shared this with you before, that when God gives you a dream, uh, a dream or a declaration, a promise over your life, He then brings the very next thing in all of Scripture, go from Abraham to Joseph to Daniel to Jesus to the disciples to Paul. God gives them all a dream to Esther, to Gideon, to Joshua, to Moses, to you name it. God gives a dream to Tony, to Alice, to Greg, to you, to me. God gives a dream and then guess what comes next? Distress. When God gives a dream or a declaration, distress comes next. Because God wants to do the next stage, which is development. He wants to stretch and grow you so there can be a demonstration of God's power. Can I say that we often don't see God's dreams fully at work sometimes in our life because we don't wanna walk through the journey of, I'll make you the father of many nations, but that's a good 20 year journey. That's a long walk. That's a long time of testing and trial before you see the fulfillment. We hear a promise from God and we feel we have to activate it now. We feel the fulfillment has to be now. We think the answer has to be now. But God, when He gives you a dream, then will always take you on a journey of development 
which often comes through a season of distress because God cares more about your growth than He does about your comfort. God wants to draw you closer to Him through the journey. And if you look through all of Scripture for everyone that got a promise from God, come on, lift your hands if you got a promise from God on your life today. Every one of you, whether you've realised it, discovered it or forgotten it, God has given you dreams and visions, amen? If you are made in the image of God, which we all are, and you are children of God, which we all are, and if the Spirit of God resides in you, you are a dreamer. I'll tell you why, because God is a dreamer. Because before the earth was created, it was void without form, yet the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. And when a dream came in God's heart that He spoke out and when it was created, He looked at it and said, it was good. And you were made in the image of God and because of the redemption of Jesus, He came and said, the Spirit of the Lord hovers over me and he is, he, I have come to set blind, to open blind eyes, to give vision back and to set the captives free that those that were stuck would now be like those who once dreamed. God's plan is that you would have dreams and visions. However, when you get dreams and visions, know the journey isn't easy. Amen? But that's all I'll say on that today. That's a whole section I just cut down because we just needed to worship. Are you doing all right? But let me start at the end. I feel to share this today. Why do so many of us not fully see the dreams God has in our life fulfilled in the way we thought they would be? I think because often the dream isn't dreamy. I found this. In life, success doesn't feel successful. It feels like hard work. And the dream often doesn't feel dreamy because just because God has given you the dreams and visions and promises that He set over your life doesn't mean that He said it would be easy. In fact, the very sign I think that we are in the dreams of God is that there is more work, development and growth that is still to happen. Because when God gives you a dream, it is never the full stop on the story. It's just the dot, 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 because God has more that He wants to outwork in your life. For a God that can do exceedingly abundantly above, do not think that God gives you a dream and then walks away and says, well done, you've made it. It's just the doorway into the exceedingly abundantly that you thought could be possible. So often, we are actually living in a dream that God has given, yet we're constantly looking for when the dream will be fulfilled. How do I know? Well, ask a parent that has dreamt of having a child and for nine months of carrying that child has looked and said, look, he's the size of a peanut or, or she's the size of a, of a, of a, of a rock melon or, or, or now look, it's the size of a watermelon. And, and can I say, when it gets to that stage, only let the mum that's carrying say that, not the dads, don't say it. And, 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 but you, you dream about having this baby and you dream about the moments, the adventures, the stories, the cuddles, the crying, the giggling, and then you have a baby. And then you realise that the baby cries constantly and wakes up in the middle of the night and that you don't sleep for like, what, 10 years, and, uh, and then, you know, you, you'd change nappies, but no one told you about number threes, and they're a real thing, and if you don't know, if you don't know, they're coming, yeah, they're, they're coming, and just never let your kid wear white, and, uh, 
And, uh, and then there's, there's, there's the crying because they're hungry and the crying because they're thirsty and the crying because they're tired and the crying because they want attention and the crying because that's what babies do. They cry and you sit there going, this is not what I thought it was. I mean, have you ever bought a modern day pram? You've got to get a car loan these days to be able to afford one. And, but, but it's the dream. And when we're in the dream, it doesn't feel dreamy. And we're, the moment you have a kid, you're waiting for that kid to go to school. And the moment they're in school, you're waiting for them to be able to be left home alone. And then you're waiting for them to be able to get their license. And then you're dreaming about them getting a job. And then when they're no longer living at home, you wish they were a baby again. Because we actually look back and go, we were living in the dream, but we were wanting to get through the dream because we dream isn't dreamy. And sometimes you're in the very thing God promised you years ago and we don't stop to give thanks and notice that we're actually there because this could be a dream come true, but that doesn't mean that God hasn't got more. But we constantly are looking for the more rather than recognising the dream that we're in. And the beauty of recognising the dream we're in is we allow God to come and exceed our expectations, but constantly we're telling God, you should be doing better than this because I thought it would be easier than this. And we don't recognise that so many of us are living in some of the dreams God gave to us many years ago already. We are, we are insatiably unsatisfied. We live continuously unsatisfied. Shans and I, the other night, ate dinner, did the kids' homework, did some things we had to do, we got the kids to bed, and we sat down and watched one episode of Survivor, and a commercial came on for KFC, and Shans turned to me and said, let's Uber Eats KFC. I said, but we're not hungry. She goes, that's not the point, I feel like KFC. And I'm like, I I'm in marketing, I appreciate what KFC just did to us. And she, I'm like, but we don't need it. And she goes, but I want it. And, and she said, I need some KFC. But we're satisfied, but even when you're satisfied, this world makes you think that you need more. Yeah. Is that you can be living fine, and, and there's suddenly something that says, in the middle of your dream, you think it should be easier. It should be funner. It should be simpler. It should be better. Just ask the professional sports person who trained their entire life for 20, 25 years to finally get paid to pay, play professional sport, but suddenly what they did for free every day of their life, suddenly training seems too hard and an off-season seems too difficult. You're living the dream and so many careers get cut short because the moment you get in the dream, you think it should be easier than this. It's what happens in marriages, that marriages have intimacy and, 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 and there's, a, there's, a, there's a dream that comes true when you're with someone, but so many marriages break apart or begin to fracture because addiction and easier temptation begins to creep in. Because while I have intimacy and while I am satisfied, I actually always think that there needs to be something more, something quicker, something better, something more exciting. So people turn to other, uh, other experiences or, or, or fake uh, replacements or counterfeits for, for intimacy and they actually end up wrecking the dream because whenever we're in the dream, we always think there's a better way. Just because you got your dream job, some of us are literally working in the job we dreamed about doing when we were younger, but now we're doing the dream, we think it should be easier than this, or it should be better than this, or it should happen faster. And we think because we got the job that you're ready for the job, but actually maybe God getting you in the job was the beginning of the journey of now qualifying for what He gave you grace for. And because it's hard doesn't mean it's not the God dream. I mean, my, my wife and I, a few years ago, we got a, a, a year and a half old Kia Sportage and we'd be looking at that shape and that model of a Kia Sportage and by God's grace, we got Shans that Kia Sportage and for the first three months we drove around going, we have the best looking car in the world and then they brought out a new model. 
And I remember we were looking and going, did we, did we make a mistake? Did we go too early? Because the moment you're living in your dream, there will always be something else that says, is this the dream? Yes. I mean, as a church, I was looking at photos about a few weeks ago at this time last year. And like none of you were here. And uh, well, no, you were. Thank you for those that were. And welcome back, everyone else. And, uh, and we were separated. We're wearing masks. There's fear. There's, everyone's got the spicy cough. And, and we were dreaming about where we are right now. Like right now, we're planning about doing evangelism events at Easter time and, and, and bringing our friends where we just opened our campus in Victor Harbour by God's grace. And, and we're about five to six weeks away from opening a wellness centre by God's God's grace. And today we start our third service in the city because it's absolutely an overflow. And we're having to look for new buildings for numbers of our campuses because of the growth that God's brought in. We're trying to work out how do we divide our kids' rooms because we've got too many kids coming. Uh, we're about to do a name change at Easter time. And in May, we haven't told you, we're doing a worship album recording. And, and I'll tell you, it's the dream, but when you're leading it, it feels like a nightmare. I've never felt, I mean, this season I've been so tired. I mean, it's been, it's been day in, day out. I'm up at 5 a.m. working just to be able to get ready before the day even begins. And when you are living in the dream that you prophesied and thought about a year before, when you're in it, you're like, this isn't the dream. It should be more dreamy than this. And like we heard from Pastor Ashley, Jacob, Jacob now has his, his speckled sheep and he's got his wife and his wife's and his, and his children. And even though he suddenly all of his dreams come true, he now has an awkward confrontation he doesn't wanna have because it doesn't matter if you're in the dream or not, it doesn't mean life is easy. And, and I reckon this is my key point for today. Sometimes we discount what God has given because we think it should be easier or better or smoother than this. And then how do we get to exceedingly abundantly above if we're not thankful and grateful for what God has given already? And so often we're cursing accidentally, talking about the problems rather than thanking for the dream. I mean, if you were to talk about a dream holiday destination, you might call it a promised land. You might call that Bali. You might call that Hawaii. Uh, the Israelites, they, they had a promised land. And uh, you think the promised land sounds like a dream, right? And God said, I'm gonna give this land to you. He, he's faithful, he does. And in Numbers 13, he says, the Lord says to Moses, who said to Moses? The Lord. The Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. This is their report in verse 26. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran, Paran, and they, they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went to the land that you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here are its, is its fruit. But, everyone say but. But the everyone say but. Classic, the, but the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and large. And we saw the descendants of Thanos there. They suddenly get to this city and they say, it's, it's everything you said it would be, but, everyone say but. They got to their dream and it's not dreamy. They got to their dream and they journey to their dream. They went through distress and development and now have a demonstration of God's possibility being made manifest in their life. And they go, sure, there's grapes, but their focus stays on the giants. And they come to this conclusion, this couldn't be the will of God because it should be easier than this. 
This actually isn't the dream because I thought it would be better than this. I didn't think I would have to fight and grow and stretch, yet this was the very promise and the very dream that God had given them. Here's the thing I wanna show you today, is that God does give dreams and visions and often you're in the middle of them. If you were to stop, reflect and go back to the promises of God and the fulfilment of what you're living in, but just because maybe there's more and just because there's challenges doesn't mean it's not the dream that God gave you. And I think the very qualification for the next dream is the recognition and gratitude for where you are right now. See, promised lands do have giants and apparently in the kingdom of God, a dream is qualified not by the ease by which you obtain it, but in fact, the tension, the trouble, the obstacles and the opposition that actually qualify and confirm you are right where you're meant to be. And it is not there to hurt you, but it's to help grow you so you can cope with the even greater levels, the exceedingly abundantly above anything you can ask, think or imagine the greater dreams that God has for you because maybe you're living in the dream God gave you right now. And I fully recognise there's those that aren't in that dream season. You're, there's sickness and there's, and there's division and there's lots of things that go on. But we also have to recognise there are many dreams in many areas God has given us. And while we're stirring and encouraging you to lift your eyes and see a God that gives dreams, also I think it's so important to recognise that He has given them to you already. Amen. The land was fruitful, it was bountiful, it was everything God said it would be, but immediately 10 spies say this in verse 33, in our own sight we were as grasshoppers. Let me show you something. God's dreams are bigger than you. Because we're like, but, 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 but I don't want it, it's uncomfortable, it stretches me. God's dreams are bigger than you. And knowing that, the enemy always then has a tactic in the same lane, but a different way. So he will always make the opposition in the dream feel bigger than you. And instead of them noticing the bigness of the dream and the dream was bigger than them because it comes from God, all they could see was the enemy's tactic that the opposition was also big, but it wasn't bigger than them, but they felt that they were like grasshoppers. And they wanted to go back to Egypt because they saw the giants instead of the grapes. And too many people were living in the dream. And they, like I talked a few weeks ago about those people that traveled four and a half weeks from England, got to Australia, went, it's hot, there's flies, there's hard work. And they got in a boat and went four and a half weeks all the way back to England just to think, what have we done? The Israelites came all the way from Egypt many, many, many years in the desert to get to their promise. And they went, wow, it's bigger than I am. The opposition's ugly than I am, we're going back to Egypt and they wandered for the next 40 years. Too many people are living in the promise of God and there is opposition, but it is not bigger than you. It's like David who had a dream in his heart to be king. Everyone else was talking about the giant, but David talked to the giant. David wasn't recognised by anyone as a warrior, as a fighter and a future king, except the Spirit of God. But there was something on inside of David that 
that recognised right here is my dream. And just because there's a giant in my dream doesn't mean that the dream, sure, the dream is bigger than where I am right now, but that giant's not bigger than the dream giver. So he stopped talking to about the giant and started talking to the giant because he was standing in the middle of his dream. And the very giant he took down was the qualification for the fullness of the dream that God had for his life. Stop talking about the problem in your dream. Start talking to the problem in your dream and start running at what God has already given you. Amen. In fact, the more you, if you are talking about the problems in the job, in the situation, in the marriage, in the dream God gave you, it means the dream is not in you. The dream's just in front of you. But the very sign that the dream has gone from being in front of you to the dream now lives on the inside of you is you begin to run at those problems. Because God never said there wouldn't be giants in your promised land and He never said the dream would be dreamy, but He said He would fulfill everything that He said He would do. Moses said to go get an account. He never said go get an opinion. And too many people come into a dream instead of giving an account for what God has given, we have an opinion on what hasn't happened yet and what's not going on. And when God has an opinion, He doesn't need yours. Had God already had an opinion, this was the promised land. This was the place I reserved for you. There is enough grapes, milk and honey. He wasn't, I mean, why? I can't make origami yet. God made the entire earth. Why do I have an opinion on how God's dreams and plans and visions should outwork for my life? Stop having an opinion about the dream and start having faith for the dream. Stop talking about the difficulties in the dream and give thanks for what He has given because if there is a giant, it is coming down in Jesus' Name because it is the very qualification for the exceedingly abundantly more that God has for your life. Amen? The keys can come. So much about sharing, but it doesn't. Just let, is this helping today? That's why Psalm 23, you can imagine the journey through, through, through like valleys of shadow of death and, but God's like, there's a dream. I've prepared a table. And he didn't lie, he prepared a table. And we get there and we find out in Psalm 23, we'll put it up, he prepared a table in the midst of my enemies. Two minutes ago, well, we're not in the dream then. No, that's the dream. There's a table, yet somehow my head is anointed with oil. There's anointing oil. There's the power of the Holy Spirit. There's an authority that while I'm surrounded by my enemies, I'm still at the dream place God planned for me. And my cup, my cup not only is partly filled, my cup, which is a picture of wine, of course, wine representing the Holy Spirit and joy. My joy overflows in the midst of my enemies because I'm seated at the table. That is the dream God has for me. And there, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. I don't have to worry where I go. Your goodness and mercy has been following and continues to follow me. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Notice this, it's about the house of the Lord. It's about the good shepherd. Let me show you this one last thing about dreams and how to receive them. Pastor Tony, just to finish this. Some of us are chasing the dream, not the dream giver. So we're, we're chasing the dream. And then when we get to the dream location and there's giants, we've been chasing the dream so much, we forget that the good shepherd took us through the valley of the shadow of death. And now we think we're by ourselves. So this couldn't be the dream. A few weeks ago, I talked about Abraham. I talked about God gave him a dream. And that dream was to get him unstuck. 
Now you want to ask Abraham if the dream was dreamy? Well, just ask him about Isaac, upper mountain, big knife, altar, and thank God for a ram. The dream wasn't dreamy. The dream wasn't easy because even in the dream, there comes sacrifice. Even in the dream, there's tests of faith. Yet here's the thing. He wasn't just chasing the dream. He didn't just walk after the dream. The thing about Abraham is Abraham walked with God. And because Abraham walked with God, his focus was on the dream giver, not just on the dream. But look at Lot. We talked the other day about Lot. And Lot got to a place called Zoar, which where Sodom and Gomorrah is, which means little and insignificant. And he settled there. And I'll show you why. While Abraham walked with God, Lot walked with the man who walked with God. Abraham walked with God, but Lot walked with the man who walked with God who had a dream. Let me show you this. When you just walk after a dream, Lot was willing to leave his home for a dream. But Abraham was willing to leave his home for God. You see, one left after a dream. So when he found something that was comfortable and familiar, he settled there for a counterfeit offer. Because when you walk after a dream, anything that looks like the dream will do. But when you're not a man that walks with a man who walks with God, but instead you're the person who walks with God, you chase after the dream giver, not just the dream. See, Lot, when familiarity comes and comfortability comes and convenient comes, when an alternative comes, he settles there. And too many people have been given the dream from God, but we've settled along the way because it's comfortable and familiar because our eyes was on the job, our eye was on the healing, our eyes was on the relationship, our eyes were on the home, our eyes were on the money rather than our eyes on the dream giver. You see, God gives you dreams so that you would connect closer to the dream giver. See, when you don't walk with the dream giver yourself, you will too easily settle for the cheap alternative. But when you walk with God, you will always receive the full dream because there's no substitute for the dream giver. How do you know? How do you know? Come on, stand to your feet with me this morning. Join me. We're going to worship again. How do you know you won't miss out? Let's go to this story. While Lot settled, Abraham, when it came to his dream, Isaac was willing, catch this. How do you know you love the dream giver more than the dream? Abraham was willing to sacrifice his dream for the dream giver. He would never let money, a job, a marriage, a health, a relationship, a career, a whatever, get in the way of his relationship with the dream giver. So even when God says sacrifice the dream, it was never about the dream in the first place. Lot, it wasn't dream giver, it was the dream. So he sacrificed the dream giver for the dream. But Abraham was willing to sacrifice the dream for the dream giver. But here's the good news, he never had to. It was just about drawing closer. Can I say, when God gives you a dream in your heart, it is for this purpose to draw you closer to Him, to be more dependent on Him, to be more reliant on Him. When God gives you a dream, you can trust the one who gave you the dream. They say this about holidays. I think I've said this before, that there's more, um, I wish I knew all the hormones and 
endorphins that are released in the planning of a holiday than there are in the taking of a holiday. Because maybe you're a couple of friends that are planning a holiday and it's there in the dreaming and the imagining. You draw closer to each other. And when you finally get there, like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, it's good. But, but it's something about the journey. And this is what it is with God. It's not about giving you the dream so we can all be fat and happy. It's actually about us going on a journey to get closer to the dream giver. And it's there on the journey. And the journey isn't easy and the dream isn't dreamy. But somewhere along there, we realise that the dream giver was better than the dream itself. And all of a sudden, it doesn't matter if there's giants or there's opposition or there's ease or there's great. If there's breakthrough or there's waiting, there's healing, there's restoration or there's seasons of in-between. If I've got the dream giver, I'm okay. It's what 1 Thessalonians says. The one who calls you is faithful. And read this with me. And He will do it. Not you will do it, not I will do it, and He will do it. I believe God is intentionally after a few years of, of, of darkness and restrictions and limitations of being told what you can't do and fear covering the planet. It's like we're gonna be like those who once dreamed, like God's people caught in Babylon, yet all of a sudden freed from captivity. And it was like those who dreamed and their mouths were filled with laughter. And there was a testimony and a story in their spirit. It wasn't that there wasn't opposition on the way home. Here there was suddenly they began to dream again. I believe God wants to restore dreams and visions into you and into the church again. It's time to believe again. It's time to go again. But don't just think it's about the dream. Don't just think the journey will be easy or the dream will be dreamy, but it's about connecting with the dream giver. It's about drawing closer to the Father. It's about following the Good Shepherd. And there you realise you had everything you needed all along. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son Jesus to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes and my past and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope 
into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace, and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace, and the Word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey, why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you, and we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.